everyone. You are listening to the Property Management Show. My name is Marie. My um, name is Brittany. And our guest today is Stephanie Gordon. If you don't know her yet, you should. So Stephanie Gordon was the founder of Gordon Property Management. Um, she has been a successful business owner and a thought leader in property management. Um, in July of 2018, she actually sold part of her company to a trusted team member. And today we're going to talk about um, you know, how she came um, to that decision and sort of you know, how it looks like under the hood. Yeah. So Stephanie, um, welcome. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. We're so excited to have yeah. you. This will be fun. Yeah, so um, how about we start with you talk um, talking about the deal you have with Megan? Okay, so um, as of July of last year, I sold Megan 49% of Gordon Property Management. 49% um, of the shares of Gordon Property Management were a subchapter S corporation. So, um, yeah, you know, I had thought about, I mean, in, in property management, we our exit strategy is you sell your business or someone, you have a family member that takes over your business. And for quite some time, I had told Megan that I would sell her my business. You know, if my kids didn't want to get involved, I would sell her the business when, when I was ready. Um, and that was actually, in hindsight, a good thing to do because it really kind of kept her around for a while. I mean, at one point she was talking about going back to school and getting an MBA, and I said, why, why would you want to do that? You know, she's married, she's got two kids, she's working full time, it's expensive. I said, you, you do not need an MBA in this yeah. business. You just need to be smart, and, and she's plenty smart enough. Um, and, and I said to her, I said, you know, at some point I'll sell you the business. And, and I, you know, I think she kind of went, oh, okay. That sounds nice. Yeah. We just, you know, she's worked for me for a long time and we work really, really well together and, and she's smart and she's capable and, you know, the last so many years she's really been running the day-to-day -day operations. So anyway, I, at some point, I, a couple years ago, I, I was just, I was kind of getting burned out and, um, you know, the last number of years, Gordon Property Management has grown a lot really thanks to four and a half and all of the blogging that we've been doing and you know it took it took a while for that to kick in but once that phone started ringing you know and i was just adding new properties all the time and you know get the business as big as you can because you sell it based on you know your your revenue um so so that's kind of what i was doing and i was really getting burned out and the phone would ring and i would be talking to somebody and they'd have a little condo somewhere and i'm thinking I don't care about your condo. And it's like, oh, wait, bad attitude. This is not <laughs> we should not be, you know, it's, yeah. you know, a time for me to not be doing, because I was the one who met with all the new clients and whatnot. It's like, I really need to stop You're doing that it. if I don't care. Yeah. So, um, well, because I'm, I mean, that's one of the things that property owners look for when they are talking right. to companies. It's like, are they going to care for my property the way right. that I do? Right. And I've always cared. I mean, yeah. I cared a lot um, about my, my customers and my properties. Um, but I didn't care about adding new ones. Yeah. Um, so, or, you know, it was just burned out. I've been doing this 32 years. I mean, that's, that's a long time. So you um, knew it felt different. Yeah. And so, you know, one weekend I sat down, you know, with all my financial information and if I sold the company, what would it value be? And, you know, what, what investment income do we have coming in? And, you know, what, what are the outstanding mortgages and taxes and insurance on properties that we own? And, 
and you know, where would we be? And it was like, well, I could squeeze out a retirement, but but I would, you know, I mean, I've enjoying a pretty nice lifestyle here thanks to all the you know growth that I've had and I didn't want to give it up I love to travel and and you know so I just put my head down and said okay well we're just gonna keep on working and it was actually good that I did that because I kind of brought me back around to get out of my little funk and it's like mm-hmm. well we're, you know we're we're gonna keep on working so as you know um, I have a, a second home in Sonoma which is, you know, it's just beautiful. The, I walk out my house and there's trees and vineyards and rolling hills. And usually when I'm up there, every morning I go for a walk. Um, it's a long walk. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I just am there. And I'm walking down Carragher Road and all of a sudden I had this aha moment. It's like, I don't have to sell her the whole thing. I'll sell her half. And it was like such a simple solution because with half of the income from Gordon Property Management, I could I could yes. retire. I could no squeezing. I, I could mm-hmm. you know totally yeah. do it. And um, so then I thought, well, gee, you know what what am I going to say to Megan that I'm only going to sell her half? And so when I finally you know broached the subject, she was like, well, that's a great idea. Oh, that's so much better than I'd still have you around <laughs> as a partner. So. Um, so she so, felt like she was going to still have some support. Right. And yeah. that she's still getting an ownership yeah. interest and she's, you know, really, you know, taking the next step. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, so that's what I did. Um, as of July 1, 2018, um, Megan Guerin now owns 49% of Gordon Property Management. So, and I have the 51%. And when I first started talking about it with her, it was like, well, let's do it 50-50. And everybody I spoke to said, said no. don't hold on to 51 so that was another thing I had to go back to her and say I'm only gonna sell you 49 she was like oh that's fine so do you mind sharing a bit more for our listeners sort of yeah what's the concept what's the reasoning behind 51 versus 50 yeah well it if we disagree on something I still have the say I still have majority majority control over what 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 it all is um so and that's one of the things there are a number of things that you need to look at when you're putting together a deal like this and and one of them is what do you do if you have a disagreement with your partner so because i am 51 percent owner i if something were to happen i could say no i outvote you um so i don't anticipate that happening because i think part of a good and healthy partnership is you somehow have to agree Okay, you know, it's like a marriage in yeah. a lot of ways. You can't say, well, I own 51% of this marriage, therefore so I'm So we're right. going to do yeah. it this right. way. So, but um, it get, does but give different. you that protection right. if something unthinkable and, and, happened. Right. right. So, yeah. um, so anyway, so I, I did hold on to 51% and she got 49 So, Can you tell us more about the deal itself and how you got there? Yeah, so the deal was basically based on a um, multiple of the profit of the business. Um, and a couple years ago, Four and a Half did this, uh, no, PM Grow did a, um, a retreat in Puerto Vallarta. It was a deep dive into t- your financial. And Alice Osinenko and Jordan Wella brought in Greg Crabtree, who is the author of a book called Simple Numbers. And Greg Crabtree, I think, spoke at PM Grow 1. He's a he's in a, a CPA out of Huntsville, Alabama, 
And he, his book is about how to look at your business, the, your financials, and understand them, and what do they mean, and, and you know, what, when do you make your next hire? And so anyway, so you know, I got an invite to this um, mastermind group, and that's exactly where I was at, was where, how do I really understand my financial statement? I mean, I, you know, I've got, I run it on QuickBooks, I can see the different expenses, I can see the bottom line, but what, it, what does it all mean? Am I ma am making any money on maintenance? You know, by is the time, it really as good as by I the think time you throw in everything else. So, so I went to that um, three or four day uh, retreat, which was really, really fabulous. And before I went, we all had to send our QuickBooks files to Greg Crabtree's office. So he went through and analyzed them all. And then we each had an opportunity where we sat with him and he really went over all of our financials and everybody else. We all shared our financials. We all shared you know, what our income and expenses and our bottom line was. And it was interesting to see places where we all kind of had the same pattern regardless mm -hmm. of size and location and whatnot. Good patterns? Yeah, mostly yeah. good patterns. I, I don't, and I think we all who were there had successful companies because if you didn't have a successful company, you weren't going to pay the That's price true. to go. Yeah, so so I think that, that was a weeding <laughs> yeah. out factor as well. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really fascinating weekend. And then I ended up hiring Greg to um, consult with me on getting my QuickBook accounts in line so that I could, you know, for example, for my maintenance, I, I, I know what my maintenance revenue is, I know what the expenses are in terms of the supplies that we buy, but I never broke out the maintenance guy's salaries and, and tax share and what, I mean, I could see his overall salary, but, yeah. but you know, I didn't, you know, Dig break it, right, right. It wasn't, it gave me a rough idea, but not an exact picture. Um, so we set things up so that I could pull those numbers out into a report. And, um, and then sometime after that, Profit Coach came along. And I think that that generated, because Danny Craig was there as well in Puerto yeah. Vallarta. And so Danny Craig and Jordan, I think, got together to do Profit Coach. So that, you know, after I, I think I consulted with Greg Crabtree for maybe six months or something like that. But then when Profit Coach came along, and again, they have access to my QuickBooks file and they're kind of massaging the numbers yeah. and putting reports with graphs. So each month I can see where we are, where where's our marketing in terms of units added and, and all kinds of yeah. you know fascinating information. Um, so that got off on a sidetrack. What were we talking about? Oh, the deal. The, the, yeah, the, how that, it yeah. came about. So, yeah. so, so with that information, we, um, uh, Megan and I um, stayed over in San Diego after PM Grow 2, and um, I brought with her three or four years of financial information um, then shared with her. Because we had been talking conceptually about, you know, how this would work, but, but this was the first time she actually saw the financial information. And I had a number in mind of what I wanted to sell based on profitability, and she had a number in mind basically just based on whatever she thought it would probably end up being, and it was basically the same number. So that, um, That's great. It yeah. tells you how much she knows the business. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And that, you know, and we are just kind of on the same wavelength on a, on a lot of things. So, um, so that was kind of the easy part. It's like, okay, here, here's the price. Um, so then 
the other aspects of the deal, the, the other main aspect of the deal was I loaned her the money to buy her shares. Um, and um, I gave her a 15-year loan. Um, and if you were selling your business to somebody you didn't know or selling the whole thing, you would never do a 15-year term. But, but I wanted a 15-year term because, one, I wanted to spread the income out uh, for my tax situation. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make it easy for her to pay off this loan and, and still you know, really enjoy you know, the financial rewards of being a partner in the business. You, know, um, you didn't want her to struggle. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and um, I wanted... I wanted a 15-year employment agreement. So it's like, you get a 15-year loan, but I get a 15-year employment agreement, which basically, you know, as long as I'm breathing, I get paid. I have no <laughs> stated responsibilities. Um, I'm, I'm doing a lot right now, but in 10 years, I expect to be doing a lot less. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, um, but that was my price, if you will, for, for, for doing that. Um, so... Um, so let's see, what was the other aspect of the deal? So um, so when, one of the things when I was talking to Greg Crabtree, who did give me some advice mm -hmm. on valuing my business and uh, what to look for, um, one of the things he said was, you need to decide what happens after this deal. That um, yeah. the, the person who's going to buy the rest of my shares or if it doesn't work, you know, I'm the only one that's going to buy Megan out, and Megan's the only one that's going to buy me out. Um, and so that you have to decide how you're going to sell that business. So we basically, in our purchase agreement, there there is a, you know, a, what happens next that, you know, if I want to sell my shares, I have to offer them to her for sale um, at basically the same profit multiple that she's buying them now is, is how we did it. Um, and same thing with her. If she wants to sell, she has to sell them for me. Yeah. And, and we took it even a step further, you know, what do you happen, what happens in the case of death or divorce? If Megan dies, I like her husband a whole lot, but I don't want him as a business partner. Yeah. So um, if something happens to her, her estate has to sell the shares to me. And if something happens to me, my estate has to sell them to her. Although same 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 price. There's there there's a clause in there that as long as the loan is still in effect, my heirs get to keep my shares. Oh okay. So until the loan's paid off. And she can pay it off in it's you know, it's a fifteen year loan, she can pay it off in ten if she wants, not less than ten. Because I don't I didn't want it coming in less yeah. than ten. So and um, in the event of divorce, neither one of our spouses can end up with our share. So my husband and her husband each had to sign something saying that they wouldn't, they were, were not going to take share. So that if, if Megan and, and Julio got divorced, you know, he would, you know, in their divorce settlement, the, the, the value of those shares would come into play. But he would get that in some of their other assets. Not he wouldn't end up with you know twenty five percent of yeah. property management. Um, Smart. So, so it basically was the four D's: divorce, disagreement, disability, and death. Um, so in disability, we dealt with uh, you know for both of us it, that's in the employment contract that that you um, can't be disabled. You have to um, almost like a property management agreement. You want to cover anything that you can cover. We had two lawyers involved. I hired a lawyer 
who we you know presented the deal to and he wrote it up and gave different things to consider and some things that he thought we needed maybe we didn't or didn't and then she had a lawyer review it as well mm-hmm. uh, who was representing her and he came up with some other ideas and you know some of it wasn't really necessary like he wanted some guarantees by me or different things about revenue or, or whatnot. And Megan was like, I've been here 15 years. I know the book of business. I don't, I don't need that yeah. from her. Um, how, do you fi- how do you find the right lawyer to hire in this situation? A friend referred the lawyer that I used to me. And then this other per- and then Megan had a hard time finding someone to come in and kind of review the deal. Um, but I had met a guy through a BNI group years ago who I thought was pretty sharp, and so we reached out to him. And in some ways, I was kind of sorry I hadn't thought of him first to go yeah. to. Um, but, um, but yeah, so between lawyers and accountants and, you know what, I talked to different property management friends here and people who've done acquisitions and have done different things, and, you know, I just got a lot of advice um, on, on what to do. Yeah, I have a question. And sure. so... Um, there are a lot of ways to exit a company, right? So um, the, if you have kids, the most obvious thing is you want to pass off the business to your kids um, because you want to keep the legacy in the family. Um, so just curious, um, why this route? Why exit? Well, neither of my yeah. kids wanted it. Um, <laughs> so my oldest son was like, no way, mom. You know, I watched you do this my whole life because I started my business working from home and I was the one that ran out at night to show the apartment and I got the phone call when the plumbing backed up and, you know, so my kids lived with that. It was actually, it was a great job as a mom because it gave me a lot of flexibility. Yeah, I had to go show apartments at night, but I could go, you know, on the field trip with the school or whatever. So, um, but my oldest son was like, are you crazy, mom? No. Uh, And then my youngest kind of kept toying with the idea and going back and forth and he's a school teacher and he got married and I think the reality of you know the income of a school teacher and so he came to me really right after Megan and I kind of had this conversation and we're, we're working out the deal I said I think maybe I do want to come work to Gordon Property Management um, so he came uh, last summer after he finished teaching for the school year and he lasted about four months <laughs> It just was not for him. Property management is hard. (laughs) He didn't like, we had him doing leasing, Um, you know, because I felt, you know, if you're going to be part of this business, um, you really need to learn all aspects of it. And um, and leasing seemed, you know, uh, a, a, you know, really clear choice of something that he could probably do and do well. And he did everything. I mean, he dealt with keys. He went and posted notices. He went and met the plumber. He, you know, answered Which, the phone. Which, if he wants to take over the business, he needs right. to understand every aspect, right. all of the ins and but, outs. But if you're a leasing agent, you work weekends. And so he really didn't like having to work weekends. And he also really didn't like the commute in from... Um, Nevada, where he lives, into San Francisco, which was actually worse on the weekends than it was during oh, the week. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, actually, no, that's, that is actually kind of surprising. Yeah. No, it was much worse yeah. on the weekends, and particularly going home on a Saturday afternoon yeah. was just crazy. So, Not um, worth it. You know, and I think he missed teaching, you know, and it's something I'm really glad he did because he'd kind of been toying with the idea, and so he did it, um, and... You know, and then went back to teaching. It was funny because we had a conversation, and and I was like, 
Jordan, you don't really seem very happy here. What do you What do you think? And he's like, yeah, I just don't know if this is for me. And it's like, well, you don't need to stay here for me. You know, we'll figure it out. You stay through Christmas. You can substitute teach, blah, 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 whatever. So he went home, and like two days later, the principal of his old school called and said, hey, Jordan, you want your old job back by any chance? So it just kind of That's great. worked out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and now he doesn't have to work weekends. Now he doesn't have to work weekends. And he gets summer off. <laughs> so um, Yeah, so I think um, a key insight here is um, a lot of people get so, um, I think, attached to the idea of handing off the business to their children so it stays in the family. But if it's not something your kids want, your family wants, like don't really force don't it. Don't force it, yeah. Because if they're not passionate about it, if it's not their thing, they're not going to pay attention to it the same way you did. Right. Versus Megan, who's been with you since, not day one, but like day right. five. Right. Yeah. She, she was my second hire. Yeah, yeah. right? So oh, wow. she's okay. been yeah. in the business yeah. since the beginning. Yeah. And she has she's a lot. passionate about yeah, it. Yeah. So yeah. and she's excited to keep you know growing it the same mm-hmm. way you are. Right. So that's I think that's pretty. Important. And when when my son came to me and said I think I want to join the business, I was not going to stop this deal with Megan. I mean we have already yeah. put it in work because that by that point, I'm burned out. I I want a break and and you know I can't turn it over to him. Mm-hmm. You know it would take him ten years yeah. to be in a position. <laughs> you need her to, involved. You right. need her. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Because at this point, so say he did come back a year from now and say, hey, hey, mom, I'm interested in doing it now. Would you, with your current deal, would you be able to hire him or sell your part of the business to him? Or could he inherit it? Or is that off limits? Well, we, we put in, because he was working at the time, we put in um, that I could sell my shares to my son as long as he had been working full time in the business for three years. That's good. Um, so, and we put the same, you know, provision in for Megan that if she wants to sell her, if either of her daughters, you know, who are still in middle school, so that could be oh, a wow. while. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it was reciprocal. If I'm going to put this in for my son, I'll put it in for your son. By the time her daughters are old enough to buy in, I'm sure I'll be long gone. So, so um, he, even though he doesn't want to, there's not that. And you mentioned this when we talked earlier a little bit the the resent factor. He's not going to or regret not trying it. Right. And then if he changes his mind, he can talk to you and yeah. see what options there are. Yeah. At yeah. least the door is not closed. But it's interesting because you stipulated in the agreement that he needs to at least have been in the business for three years. So you want to make sure he's not just dipping in for right. the yeah. money. Like he needs to actually earn his way. Well, because, of, you know, you if, if he's going to be a partner in the business, uh-huh. if it were me, I wouldn't want my partner's child owning something and not working there. I mean, because this is this again gets back to, you know, who, it, when you sell a portion of your business, if you sell a portion of anything, it reduces the overall value. I mean, if you have something that's valued at $100 and, and then you try to sell 50 of it, you're not gonna get, you know, if you try and sell half of it, you're not gonna get $50 for half of something that's where the whole thing is yeah. worth, worth that much. So, and and if you only owe half of something, who you've got a partner, who else is gonna buy the other half? So, um, you know, in terms of making Megan feel comfortable that, you know, she's not gonna end up with my son as a partner if he's not even involved in the business. Yeah. That's very smart to include that there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so how did you know it was Megan? Like, cause you said you've been talking on and off with her about you 
eventually selling the company to her, but why her? Just curious. I mean, she's been like your long. Yeah, she's been here for a long time, and she's really capable, and she's been running day-to-day operations for for a long time. You know, I don't know if I would have been as successful as I am without her, because I mean, having somebody there that long. Because we've had clients that long, yeah, um, and um, it's invaluable so, for sure. Yeah, yeah. What jobs has she had in the company? She started answering the phones. So because back phones. in the, I mean, she, I had one gal that worked for me, um, kind of part time. Back when I was still working out of my house, she would come um, like late afternoon, early evening, and just enter bills and whatnot at my computer. And then it was like, well, I need my computer. And so I eventually got another office somewhere and, and had this other person. And then Megan was the second hire. And, you know, when you're, when you're three, everybody does a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So, and then the, the other gal left. And, you know, as we grew, you know, Megan's um, position went She up. changed. She progressed. She right. learned. Right. But she she's done every job here as well. So, um, so she really, un- she doesn't just understand your business. She understands property management. Right. Inside and out. Right. Yeah. She's worked right. all the roles. Right. You know, and Megan's smart. I mean, you know, she's got her California broker's license, um, which I know a lot of people who had to take that test a lot of times before they passed. And, oh. and uh, Megan passed first. The first around. try? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, and she before that, she was in the insurance industry, so she had her Series 7 license. Um, and she's just very, she's organized, she's calm. She's, she's actually really good at sales and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. She's really friendly. Uh, you know, I kind of got to the point where all of my emails were, you know, as many words as it needed to be and no more. But yeah. she's always, you know, embroiders them a little bit, makes them a little fl- more flowery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's a little more patient. And so. It's a good quality to have. Yeah. I like short and concise and I like articulate. Yeah. Depends yeah. on the situation. Good right. Yeah. It right. does depend on the situation for sure. Yeah. But it's a good balance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how did you know she was ready? I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was ready. She had been running the day-to-day operations for probably at least three years. Oh, and okay. That's and awesome. the last couple of years, I was only in the office three days a week. And then I was in Sonoma. Um you know, for two days and, and the weekend. So she was really running day-to-day operation. And I was really just at that point. I was, you know, I did a lot, had always done a lot of meeting prospective clients. Um, and so I was still doing that, but not much else in terms of operations. You know, and a few other tasks, you know, ended up back on my desk. I would yeah. hire someone and, you know, give them this, and then they would go, and then it would come back to me. And so... Um, you know, I did still have a few other responsibilities. Um, and, you know, 100 emails a day or whatever. Um, what so. do your responsibilities look like now? Now. now. Yeah. A, almost a, a year yeah. after. Not, not quite a year after. So it's taken a while to kind of figure all of that out. And I did go through a little moment of, oh, my gosh, what do I do now? Who, who am I? I'm, you know, I'm Gordon Property <laughs> yeah. Management. You know, this is my baby, and, and now What's I'm not doing this. What's my purpose in life? Yeah. Uh, so, um, so now I'm, I'm, you know, the cliche. I'm working on my business, not in my business. Mm-hmm. But, but it is, it is true because I'm not here and I'm not dealing with the day to day. 
I'm able to do things that I was never able to do. I mean, I just finished rewriting my um, property management agreement. I've been meaning to do that for a year and a half. And so, I mean, that finally kind of got done. We're, we're tweaking it a little bit. We haven't, we haven't launched it yet. But you um, have it. You have the, like, the draft. And right, right. And, and the changes that I want to make there. and whatnot. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, we're working on other projects. We're going to start implementing EOS. Um, yeah. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, really excited about that. Who are you working that. with? Andy Moore. Andy Moore, yeah. Andy Moore. He's so um, Shout out to Andy. Shout out to Andy, Andy Moore. Well, um, I had talked to Andy a little bit about this at, at the um, NARPM National in San Diego last October. And then, um, you know, just whatever, life got in the way. And... Um, I heard that he was speaking at the PM Grove that we just had in Austin about EOS. And so I emailed him beforehand and said, hey, Andy, I want to talk to you about hiring you to implement EOS. And so we did meet and had a, have a conversation there. And as soon as he got home from PM Grove, his phone rang off the hook. Um, so I was like, oh, oh I'm no. first in line. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nice. So, yeah, I, I admire Andy Moore. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's doing some really interesting things. And, you know, he kind of fell into this, and he's doing it because, you know, because it's interesting to him, and he likes it. And so and it helps and, people. And, and I thought for me, because you can implement ESO, and it doesn't have to be a property manager, but I thought for us to have someone who's got an insight in our business yeah. to come in would be helpful because we are at a kind of a transitionary stage right now where we're trying to figure out how do we organize without me? Because Megan hasn't replaced herself. We need another hire, but who is that hire? Who, who are people here? What are their strengths? If we, you know, where, where do we go? So I think having Andy kind of help us with that process and having the insight into the property management world, I think will be really helpful for both yeah. of us kind of set the framework right right yeah. so you know so so I'm doing things like that I'm doing things that are more long term I'm not in the office I don't have a desk in the office um, I don't come in that's um, why your direct line doesn't work anymore that's right <laughs> well you could you leave a message you're supposed to be able to leave a message I, I, I did because I just figured I could just call the receptionist yeah and, Tell the receptionist to tell you that. Yeah. Well, I have a yeah. so, I have a soft phone, so okay. if you call my my direct line, it, it just goes to voicemail. Yeah. Um, but I will get the message. Yeah. Oh, um, I see. So, um, but but yeah, I don't come into the office anymore, <laughs> and um, and and it's good because and and I'm excited about what I'm doing. I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm no longer burned out. I'm no longer you know not caring about things, and um, I see taking my company to the next level. Yeah. Um, so there's there's lots to do. There's lots of places to go. You know, it's a it, it's a dynamic business and and it's changing. You guys yeah. know this. I mean, the technology that's coming in, the the venture capital that's coming in to our industry, the 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 guy who was a speaker that last speaker at PM Grove talking about the amount of dollars that are going into to. Software and technology yeah. for the property management industry is amazing. I mean, the way we do things today will probably be very different in ten years because of technology. technology. Yeah. Very true. I mean, one of the um, things we just did, we hired the company Latchell, mm -hmm. which does maintenance coordination, 
And it's not just human beings communicating back and forth with vendors and the tenants. It's it's a technology. You know, it's got a human element to it, but it's got some technology to it. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's going to be some hiccups along the way. Um, right. I It wasn't Latchell, but somebody else was telling me a similar company, and I forget which one it was, the technology, you know, their the heater went out, and so they sent someone to repair the water heater and not the heater, you know. So, oh, you know, there's those yeah. kinds of things that will yeah. take get some better more. over right. time yeah. and right. to work out. But um, the things that do work out probably get taken care of a right. little bit quicker, make tenants happier. Right, right. Owners can probably see what's happening at their property. Right, through all of that is, is yeah. all done through some kind of, you know, software program that they do that, that – I certainly would never understand. Um, so, you know, and a lot of people are able to add those kinds of um, services at an affordable price by using remote assistance mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, remote team members, uh, which is certainly one way to do it. Um, but, but, you know, there's, you know, all this other yeah. tech stuff coming out. So, so um, your role is almost like your job is almost kind of being an outsider now looking in and improving Same. what right. tools yeah. what resources can we use right to make the business better to make megan's life easier make everything more efficient yeah right make the owners and tenants more happy right yeah. right right and i um the other thing i'm doing is i joined a mastermind group um steve welty and jordan wella started the tribe the tribe. Mm -hmm. the tribe mastermind group so that's fun and interesting and there's interesting property managers who are doing really neat cool stuff that that you know and so being a part of that is is really exciting for me um, so yeah um, I think that's very important a lot of owners of property management companies who are still um, in the day-to-day -day, they don't have the time and headspace to then go out and network and hear what other property managers in other areas are doing creative things that you would never think of and sometimes Sometimes these things don't work in your market, but as you're listening to them talking about these creative things, you just like have an aha moment like, you know what, I won't do that, but this other idea just popped yeah, in right. my head. Yeah. Right. Or if you don't do it now, you can see how maybe down the line mm -hmm. something like that integrates. But it's really hard when you are managing the day-to-day -day business to implement anything new. We're just yeah. putting out fires, you know? Yes. And I mean, I've been going to NARPM conferences for years and I have all these great ideas and you come back and after being gone for a week, you know, by the time you catch up, you're like, what, what was that idea? Yeah. What was I gonna do? You know, so. And, and then once you start thinking about it, there's another fire. Right, yeah, that's true. Right, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it's, I'm actually having fun. That's great. Um, and so Stephanie, how did you like break the news to the team that, hey yeah. guys, I'm gonna sell part of the company to Megan? I think we just announced it at, at uh, a, a lunch. Once a month we have a lunch meeting. You know, we have kind of a, other meetings, but once a month is a lunch meeting and I think we just announced it there. And I don't think anybody, I mean, maybe they were surprised, but they'd been reporting to Megan uh, for quite some time. So it wasn't any, any big big deal well, I don't, I don't been, think I've been if it was I hadn't heard I haven't heard about yeah. it so yeah. um, <laughs> but they 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 since you and Megan had been talking about it 
for so long. They well, we hadn't, no, we or? hadn't talked about it oh, oh, really? openly. Oh, not openly. Okay. No, we, we had been talking about it. It was just like them. a little bit here and there. Right, kind of, right. Yeah. Well, we, we talked about different things. And we, we also, for a while since we were talking about that, I mean, uh, we really, on any decisions that we were making or any strategies or any of this or that, I mean, we consulted as if we were partners, even though we yeah. weren't. Um, so That's a good setup. Yeah. For sure. Well, and for me, having somebody else to talk about things with, what do you think? Well, I don't know. Or this. I mean, you know, she's got good ideas and good advice. So we really do make a team. We really do complement yeah. each other. Um, so That's great. So what, was there any kind of announcement to your owner client of this change? Or is it just business as usual? No. So so the best thing I ever did is, is um, I took a four-month sabbatical when I left. And, and I wasn't sure, how am I going to tell my clients? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? And I came up with this idea. I'll just tell them I'm going on sabbatical. Because everybody understands a sabbatical. It means you go away and you come back. So I composed a really nice email. I spent a lot of time on it, you know, that I emailed to all my clients saying, you know, I've sold Megan, you know, half of the business. You know, and as far as everybody else is concerned, it's half the business. Yeah. Technically, there's that 1%. But yeah. Um, and by the way, I'm going to take a four-month sabbatical. And I made it very personal. Um, years ago, I got an email from somebody. It was an out-of-office. But instead of saying, I'm out of the office, blah, blah, blah. I'm out of the office. I'm, you know, on a beach somewhere with my family, and I won't be checked. And it, was, it really hit me. Yeah. That's exactly what, what I did. So since then, every time I do an out-of-office email when I went on vacation, I always said where I was going or what yeah. I was doing. So I did this whole email about, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go spend time in my garden in Sonoma. I'm going to visit my new granddaughter in Virginia. Personalized we'll, it. Yeah, we're going to yeah. go travel in Italy, and then I'll be back and, you know, be back around refreshed. And um, I got the nicest emails from a lot of clients. Yeah. It was really it was really touching um, what, what, what the response I got. But what that did was that got me out of the day-to-day. So by the time I came back from my sabbatical, I'm no longer on the email chains. They're no longer calling me. I'm, I, I'm just, you know, my emails are all junk, basically, at this point. So um, They got used to it, though. They, they got used to it. Yeah. They got used to it. So Did you come um, up with that on your own, or was that advice from someone else? No, I just thought of it. Because, because I was struggling, how am I going to say this that uh-huh. won't freak them out? How do I say? I sold the company, see you later. I sold the company, the company. I'm stepping yeah. out of day to day. Don't yeah. ever email me again. It's going to be fine, though. Right. Don't worry about it. I think that's great. Yeah. Because, and it shows them that you really care, that the fact that you took the time to write right. a personal right. message and explain your story and be very transparent because that, that is exactly well, what you did. Well, I had to because I was still getting phone calls and emails. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't just, you know, do an, you know, disappear. Well, then, right. And people right. don't want to bother you then right. either. They're right. like, okay, she's she's right. taking a break. She's in right. Give her, her time. Right. She's with a granddaughter. Don't call her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, yeah. So that worked out really well because I just really haven't been drawn back into the day-to-day. Yeah. Uh, you know, and everybody here got used to me being gone as well. And even though I, you know, I was only in the office three days a week, I mean, I, that, that was still a presence. So um, that's good. So, yeah. What, what advice do you have? And, you, and obviously, this whole thing is advice. Yeah. But what advice do you have for somebody that's looking to exit, trying to figure out how, which which method to go choose? With? Yeah. Well, you know. I, 
I don't think you can sell half of your business to someone that you don't know and trust. So if you have someone in your organization that you can work with and they can do this deal, then 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 I think you've got something. Um, but but it's you know and it's not for everybody either. I mean, there's some people who just don't let go of control, and so you would never. I mean, you know, it just has to be the right yeah. circumstances. Um, but I do think, you know, because I know we've been talking in this industry, you know, how do you give your employees a path of where to go? And you've got the, you know, EOS and your cubes and your team and your senior property manager, assistants, whatnot. You've got, you know, your quads, I guess is what they call mm -hmm. them, um, so that people can see a path up. If you've got a shining star in your organization, you know, this is a great way to say, hey, there is a future for you here. Um, that's so. wonderful. And then once you identify a shining star, you don't just talk to them. You make sure that they have what they need to keep learning, keep yeah. growing. Right. Up to the point where they're like Megan. They're like... Right. Right. So she, yeah. you know, I mean, we, a lot of the decisions that we made, you know, at least a year before we were doing this, if not two years, she was part of that decision making process. Mm -hmm. Certainly anybody hiring, you know, and, and, you uh, gave different. time. Time is a yeah. good gift to give. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, to anyone who's thinking of doing this same um, type of exit, you know, passing off the business to um, a team member, either partially or fully, how much of a runway do you um, advise they have from the time they make a decision to the time they like divest or like take a sabbatical? <laughs> well, it was a good year plus for me. And, and part of that was I had some financial goals that I wanted to reach I before see. I did this. Um, and I also had a place in mind where I wanted to bring my business that I didn't feel it was really quite ready for me to to walk away with and, and working on different things. So for me, it was a little over a year, um, you know, maybe a year and a half is what, what it took. But even before then, you know, having the work that I did financially and, and understanding the financials, I mean, I think that that was really very important, and that that took quite some time. I think I've been working on that for a while. Yeah, and you had outside help, right? Right. right. Oh, outside help. You for everything I do, I get outside help. <laughs> well, that's that's really right. good because, um, as you said, I mean, some people it's hard for them to um, like delegate certain things, um, and so if accounting is like your thing then maybe don't delegate that but look for other things that you're not as good at and delegate those like for right. you it seems like you value um the fact that there are experts out there who just know that one thing and then you like seek them well and that i i mean i think that that's one of the reasons i've been successful i mean you know hiring four and a half to do marketing for me i mean you know i hadn't done marketing uh ever Ever. I just, it was all referral and word of mouth. Um, and so, you know, and then working with, um, you know, profit coach, looking at the, the numbers. I mean, I, I'm not a financial 
analyst. I'm not an accountant. Right. I, you know, I mean, I can look. I can look at the checkbook and see that there's yeah. money there. But, you know, really pinpointing where it came from and didn't come from. And I, I think I talked a little bit about looking at is maintenance profitable. I yeah. mean, that was something I could never quite figure out. And so we really were got into those numbers and it was like, okay, well, we need to we need to make some changes in how we charge how we bill for maintenance because it's not profitable. It's breaking even, but but it's it can really, be profitable. It can be profitable. Yeah. So, um, but and you know, and now implementing EOS, we're hiring Andy Moore. Uh, Megan wanted to do it. She said we can do this, and I'm like, no. <laughs> and and it was actually it was at, with, with the tribe group with, that was talking about um, uh-huh. the tribe mastermind group yeah. talking about implementing, and every single person in the room said hire an implementer, yeah. hire an implementer. Don't do it yourself. Don't do it well, yourself. You and the one it is like a full time job. It is a full time job. We've done we we are doing EOS and right. um, our COO Michael. Um, it comes from a project management background, and he's been able to help us implement it. But we've had a lot of help, and it takes a lot of time. Right. It, yeah. it is a job for, to yeah, to make sure yeah. that you are hitting the deadlines, to make sure that you are keeping with the you know meetings that have to happen every single week, and you're to actually, make sure you don't fall back yeah. into old habits because right. that's easy too, right. especially when you're yeah. We, I mean, we could. Talk right. about EOS. I guess that's a whole separate other, podcast. Other, yeah, we'll have yeah. to we'll have to bring you back once yeah. you've oh, implemented your, it. Yeah. yeah, and once yeah. everything's done, and we can talk about okay. that because a lot of people are doing it, and I think it's great. It, for us, it just seemed like the right thing at the right time because we're really struggling. Who is our next hire? Mm-hmm. Um, and and how do we organize things? You know, are we growing our maintenance division, or are we continuing to outsource a lot of it? Are you know, are we going to do this, or are we going to do that? And so to to kind of set up a structure of how how we're going to work, and and so that when we hire our next hire. We, we, we do have more of a solid job description and KPIs and some of these things, as well as for my current employees. I mean, to be honest, everybody's kind of done a little bit of everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, I've always kind of hired from the bottom up. It, you start out answering the phones, you move up, and so you do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And everybody has their hands and things. Yeah. And it's worked fine up until this point but we're now getting to the point of of you know if we're going to grow anymore we need more of a structure yeah um and and actually we with this transition we just put growth on the back burner yeah you know it was just like the phone's still ringing i haven't done any new videos or whatnot in a long long time but we we do still get calls but we're being really really picky about the properties that we're taking on right now so you're setting yourself up for growth in the future so that once you are ready to do that everything settled right right because we just we just couldn't handle anymore but between um you know me stepping away megan not replacing herself we had a horrible winter. I mean, as you know, it rained like every day yeah. for three months, and and I think half of our buildings had leaks. Oh, uh, it, oh yeah. yeah, old yeah. buildings, old buildings. Yeah. You know, whether it was the roof or the siding or the window or the mm-hmm. this or the that, and um, you know, and maintenance really is a struggle for us here. You know, we have a skilled labor shortage in San Francisco, and you know, part of it is it's so expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. 
and everybody's coming here for tech, but nobody's coming here. Well, and then, and then all the tech can't afford to live here. Oh yeah, well, yeah. but those that <laughs> or you can't can from two hours away, like Novato, mm. and the 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 techies that can afford to live here, you know, they're putting in million dollar kitchens. So they're, you know, what would you rather do? Go fix one of my little apartments, or go work on a million dollar kitchen? Yeah. Um, you know, I actually had a, a a window guy who I've been working with for years. He lost two of his employees to a general contractor oh. doing high-end remodels. Um, and he just can't replace yeah. them. So, so wow. That's very unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, like going back to um, you know, how, how Megan, um, how Megan is not yet like replaced, right? So she basically replaced you, but no one has replaced her. And um, with implementing EOBAS, you guys are hoping to find the perfect person to replace her or a clone of her? Well, <laughs> um, to identify who that person, who that person should, should, should be. Because should, should be. it might be a different role than what her role is now even. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, it's going to be in the maintenance world um, because that that is our pain point. Yeah. Um, and that is where we, you know... We could collect rent all day long. That's easy. It's it's the maintenance. Um, so Latcha will help with that, and then a person, right? Hopefully, right. you know. And yeah. do do we hire more maintenance techs? Do do we outsource more? You know, what exactly should we be doing? And and you know, how, how does that work? So, um, so yeah. Um, yeah, this is all really good information. Um, what I got from what you said just now was. You know, you understand that the transition in itself is a big project and you can't really half, you know, like half acid or <laughs> yeah. you can't really like just do a mediocre job at it because that's the foundation of you the business. You can't set it yeah. and forget it. Like no. you have. So which means you made a conscious decision to put growth in the back burner right. while you focus on the foundation, which is the people that right. actually make it work. Right. So that's. I thought that was a really good um, piece of advice for anyone yeah. looking to exit. Yeah, well, and we have talked to a couple people recently who purchased property management companies that they didn't have. They didn't have any transition. They just bought the company. The owner was supposed to stay in transition, and they left. They had to figure it out, learn along the way. It sounds like in your instance, you you just knew you didn't want to do that, and you wanted to make sure that the company was still taken care of, even though you trust Megan and know what's going on. Yeah. It's, and you know, I wasn't ready to completely walk away. I'm not ready for the rocking chair. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta. You're ready for sabbatical, <laughs> so it's about time to take another one. Yeah. Bring Marie and I with you. Right, so. Well, you know, I mean, and that's what I get to do. I get to travel. I get yeah. to, you know, I'm gonna take a three-week trip in June, and, and you know, so, and I get, and. You know, I want to travel. I You're got a grand. I got a want. grandbaby on the other side of the country yeah. that I got to go see. <laughs> well, um, this has been really um, insightful, and it's always fun talking to you, Stephanie. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Hey, thank yes, you. This thank has been fun. you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will get so much out of this just knowing that there are options. It's just a different option. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just. Because really, you, you, you sell your business, a family member takes over, or sell half. You live forever or sell, sell half. half. Sell 25%. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and you know, if I thought about it, you know, maybe maybe I should have done that a few years ago. Sell, sold her a smaller portion back then or something like that. And then like build that. up. And then build yeah. up. So, yeah. um, but, 
Yeah. So to all of our listeners, think about that. Um, we're definitely bringing you back on the show again to talk about EOS. I knew we okay. talked about it a second ago. Give, so me, we'll... give me a year. Yeah. Give, give me a year. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, okay. A year. Yeah. Actually, so, a year does sound I, good. Yeah. I think we would need, because I've, yeah. I've been told you really, you know, it's a good 18-month process. Yeah. And you've really got to give it a good six months before you, before you know, you're either all in or all out. Yeah. Um, that sounds so. good. We can... We can do that. We'll can do put that. that on the calendar. Yeah, we'll okay. put it on the calendar today. You so go. you're committed. Have <laughs> okay. you on, on audio and video. Okay. So, um, well, yeah, thank you for everybody listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Let us know any topics you want to hear, any people you think we should interview. We'd love to do that for you.